It's seven o'clock. It's Tuesday night. You know what that means. Good evening. Welcome to the Retro Chat Podcast. My name is Andy Evans. We are coming to you live right here from Weymouth in Dorset. That's my Mick Foley impression. How's everybody doing? You're good. I uh, hope you are. It's been quite a week since uh, we were last here talking Retro Chat. Goodness, of course, last week's show was Star Trek Center Seat. Since then, we have been, we've had uh, Star Trek Picard first forward for episode uh, eight from season two. We've had the trailers go up. We have had over two and a half thousand views of one of our particular videos. And I thank everybody for doing that. Some great new subscribers to the channel as well. Welcome to uh, Retro Chat Podcast UK on YouTube. Uh, thanks for joining us. Chris has been back with some more Vintos Vault. Uh, so much happening here on the retro chat podcast uh as we said good evening welcome uh to the show hope everybody is well what a lovely weekend we have had sun booming guaranteed more sun this week uh and this week's show is gonna be a cracker but before we touch on what we're going to be talking about today let's get through the promotion for the mos network because Dropped today on the podcast feed at the MOS Network. All you need to do is subscribe to Ministry of Slam. Uh, is Turner Years bi-weekly look at classic Crockett promotions or uh, WCW events with Paul Barrow and Dave Evans. No relation to mine, I might add. Uh, this week, they are talking about Clash of the Champions 1, an event that we never got to see here in the UK. Now you will hear from the experts right here on the Turner Years on the MOS and the Ministry of Slam podcast feed. This Sunday night at seven o'clock, Lee and Lawrence will be back for the flagship, the Ministry of Slam, live across all of the MOS network from seven o'clock GMT this Sunday. We had a cracking show last week where they were talking about the Forbidden Door, AEW versus New Japan. Necro Eric gave his take on what's happening on the independent scene, plus the calls uh, from Barracles. We found out what the franchise's sandwich was for that day and a whole lot more. Check it out on the archive at youtube.com forward slash the MOS network or subscribe to the podcast at Ministry of Slam. Coming up at eight o'clock tonight uh, is actually... No, wrong one. It's there. This is so smooth production. Uh, coming up tonight at 8 o'clock, it's Ministry of Horror with Tez, where they're looking at Video Nasties versus Modern Day Remake. So that's going to be a cracker. You can listen to that and watch that right here if you are watching on YouTube.com uh, forward slash the MOS Network or YouTube.com forward slash Retro Chat Podcast UK or Twitch.tv forward slash the MOS network. Wherever you are, you can listen or watch the shows. We do have a live chat room running tonight across any of the ways of watching the show. All you need to do is go to YouTube, Twitch, Twitter, Facebook, whatever, find the live feed, like and subscribe, and then comment on the video. And we will put the chat up throughout the show where, as it's happening or individual comments will be coming up. All right, plugs are out of the way. Uh, next week's show is going to be a cracker, by the way. You wait until you find out what next week's show is. Uh, this week, we're talking all about the history 
of the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. And you would have seen the teaser uh, on YouTube Shorts or on the Ministry of Slam this past week, where I kind of announced what we were talking about and asked if next year's 30th anniversary season was going to be the last. We've got more information on that coming up momentarily. So what do you remember of the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers? Uh, you, you know what? The, the story of the Power Rangers is interesting because Saban Entertainment were the ones who originally decided to bring the franchise to the US. It was massive in the China market, the Asian market, going back to the 1970s. And if you listen or watch the interview with Jack Aleska that we did a few weeks ago, here on the Retro Chat podcast, you will know a bit more about the fact that Jack was the one who created the Bible for uh, for the Power Rangers and was part of the original team in bringing that over to the US. So, what is the Power Rangers? If you if you've never heard of it, I mean, where have you been? It's been going since August the twenty eighth, nineteen ninety three. Uh, well, Power Rangers is an American entertainment and merchandise franchise. I mean, it, there's nothing else you can say. It is a franchise built around live action superhero TV series and based on the Japanese Tokusatsu uh, franchise Super Sentai. As we said, it's been produced by various different organizations. Saban Entertainment. Second was BVS Entertainment. Then Saban got it back, and it was Saban Brands. And today, it's done by SCG Power Rangers LLC and its parent company, Hasbro. The TV series takes much of its footage from Super Sentai, which is produced by the Toei Company. And the, the first Power Rangers entry, the Mighty Morphin, the original, debuted on August the 28th of 1993, and it helped Fox Kids launch its kids' programming block of the 1990s. It then revolutionized pop culture with a line of action figures and other toys by Bandai. By the 2001, by the dawn of the 21st century, the franchise had generated over $6 billion in toy sales. Despite initial criticism that its action violence targeted child audiences, yeah, nothing wrong with that, the franchise has been commercially successful. As of this year, Power Rangers consists of 29 different TV series of 21 different themed and three theatrical films that were released in 95, 97 and 2017. In 2010, Haim Saban, who was the creator of the U.S. Power Rangers, regained ownership of the franchise. It was previously owned uh, for eight years by Walt Disney Company. In 2018, Hasbro was named the new master toy licensee. And shortly afterwards, Saban and Hasbro announced that the latter would acquire the franchise and the rest of the entertainment's assets in a $522 million deal with the first products from Hasbro becoming available in early 2019. So let's give you the dates. The original work, The Power Rangers, was from 1993 to 1996. Saban owned that from 93 to 2001. Disney then purchased it from 01 to 10. Saban brought it back from 10 to 18. And Hasbro now own it uh, from 2018 onwards. And what a franchise to own. 
because it really has grown from strength to strength, not just because of the fact that it introduced us to characters such as Tommy, Billy, Kimberly, Jason, and Trini and Zach, but it also introduced us to Rita. And as teenagers watching this back in 1993, 1994, you got sucked in to what was happening with Rita Repulsa. So what's the premise of the show? And as we said, Power Rangers derives its footage from Super Sentai. And it features, because of that, many hallmarks that distinguish it from other superhero series. Each of the 29 seasons revolves around a teams of youth that are recruited and trained by a mentor to morph into the Power Rangers. They then use special powers and pilot immense assault machines called swords to overcome the periodic antagonists. In the original MMPR, Zordon recruits teenagers with attitude against Rita Popolsa. When they morphed, they became rangers, powerful superheroes wearing colored coded skin tight spandex suits and helmets with opaque visors. And they were identical except for the colors and the helmet design. Morphed rangers generally possess enhanced strength, durability, agility, and combat powers. Some possess superhuman or psychic abilities, such as super speed or the manipulation of elements, extrasensory perception, or even invisibility. In fact, each ranger, regardless of the series, has a unique weapon, as well as common weaponry that they use for ground fighting. One of the staples of the Power Rangers is the fact that the enemy will grow to an incredible size. And because of that, the Rangers use their individual swords that transform and combine into the larger Megazord. The Rangers operate in teams of three to five, with more Rangers, more often than not, joining at later dates. Each team of rangers, with a few various exceptions, obey a general set of conventions outlined at the beginning of Morphin, and it's implied by mentors throughout many of the other series. They can't use their powers for personal gain or escalating a fight unless the enemy does so, More, nor may they actually disclose their identities to the general public. The penalty for disobeying these rules is the loss of the power. And as with the Super Sentai, the color palette of each Power Rangers team changes every series. In fact, only red and blue appear in every Ranger team, whilst a yellow Ranger has been present in every series except Dino Charge and Dino Fury. Other colors and designations also appear throughout the series, and a Ranger's color designation also influences their wardrobe throughout the series with civilian clothing often matches the range of colors which always said to me how the hell did you not think that all of a sudden somebody starting to wear a lot of yellow or a lot of blue or a lot of black or a lot of red or silver or gold if or white if you were the white ranger um wasn't the power ranger you know i kind of gave it away yeah, 
but it's kids we didn't really think of that <laughs> but you know how random could it be you know you take someone who i mean i'm you know i'm wearing a, a, a t-shirt and a pair of jeans today but i'm wearing blue does that mean i'm blue ranger you know that's that is an intriguing question to ask and i don't know why it hasn't been asked before but there we go <laughs> so if we look at the history of the power rangers and we look at how they adapted the series of super sentai the idea actually emerged in the late 1970s after there was an agreement between the toei company and marvel to exchange concepts to adapt them to their respective audiences so toei along with marvel created the japanese spider-man series and also produced three super sentai shows which went on to have great success in japan marvel and stan lee tried to sell the sun vulcan series to american tv stations including hbo but found no buyers and therefore the agreement ended several years later however there was another attempt to adapt super sentai and that began in the 80s when haim saban made a business trip to japan in which during his stay the only thing that was being transmitted on his hotel tv was super sentai at that time saban became fascinated by the concept of five people masked in spandex suits fighting monsters so in 1985 he produced the pilot episode of bioman an american adaptation of chudensai bioman which was rejected by several large american tv stations in fact the idea of the power rangers only really gained traction and took off in 1992 as saban came to fox kids whose president margaret lose had previously had marvel productions and there was familiar with super sentai in fact if you watch the toys that made us on netflix they go into a lot of detail about the creation of that toy line now, the production of Power Rangers episodes involves extensive localization and a revision of the original Sentai material to incorporate American culture. I mean, it has to relate to the audience that it's trying to air in. And because of that, it's also got to conform to American standards. So rather than making an English dub or a translation of the Japanese footage, the Power Rangers TV shows consist of scenes featuring English-speaking actors spliced in with scenes featuring either Japanese actors dubbed into English or the action scenes from Super Sentai featuring the Rangers fighting the monsters or the giant robot. And they're done in English with dubbing. In some seasons, original fight scenes are actually filmed to incorporate characters or items that are unique to the production of Power Rangers. And like many of Saban Entertainment's previous ventures in localizing Japanese TV for a Western audience, the plot, the pilot, the character names and other names do usually differ quite substantially to the Power Rangers productions. And they differ from source footage but a few seasons have remained loyal and stayed quite close to the original Super Sentai. 
The American armor Bandai, who co-produced the Sentai shows and manufactured its toys, worked with the adaptation of Japanese names. A brainstorming amongst executives led to Power Rangers, and for the specific show that would be made, the mighty Morphin Power Rangers evoking the transformation sequences. The meeting that they had also brought up the term Zord for the giant robots to, in both the, to invoke both the sword that the Megazord carried and the dinosaurs that were the theme of the team. Along with adapting the villains from Super Sentai counterparts, most of the Power Rangers series also feature villains with no Sentai counterpart. Generally, the primary the primary antagonist of a Power Rangers series, for example, Lord Zed or Divertox, are not adapted from Sentai. But there are exceptions, and that includes Mighty Morphin with Rita, Zeo, Lightspeed Rescue, and a few others, which only use the villains from the Japanese shows. The series that began the franchise, the one that we all know, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, an American adaptation of the 1992 Japanese Super Sentai series, bear with me, Kyoru Sentai Zayo Ranger, began broadcasting as part of the Fox Kids block of programming that aired on the Fox network and lasted for three seasons from 1993 to 1996. A lot's been said about the Power Rangers because halfway through the run, the original three, Zach, Trini, and Jason, left the show. And they left because of a contract dispute. They wanted more money. Austin St. John, who was the original leader of the Power Rangers, Jason, uh, felt aggrieved that Jason David Frank had come in as the Green Ranger for a two-part series, well, two to five-part uh, storyline, left and then was brought back because of the popularity as the white ranger was Saba and became the leader of the group and in fact jason david frank talking about him has had the most successful run in power rangers appearing in a, quite a lot of episodes and actually coming back uh for power rangers dino thunder in 2012. so as we said Saban Entertainment distributed Power Rangers from 1993 until 2001. And Fox broadcast the series until the fall of 2002. When Walt Disney purchased the franchise as part of a buyout of Fox Entertainment, uh, and that took place in 2001, Fox Worldwide became ABC Family. The buyout also saw Saban Entertainment becoming BVS Entertainment, and in 2002, from News Corporation, Fox's parent company in Haim Saban. The show aired on Fox Kids until its replacement by the four kids entertainment-produced Foxbox. From September of 2002, the series had aired on various Disney-owned networks, including the ABC Kids program blocks, ABC Family, Toon Disney, and the rebranded Jetex outlets worldwide. When Power Rangers Wild Force ended, Disney moved production of the franchise from LA to New Zealand. Now this meant that there was a closure of MMPR productions and the dismissal of many members of production. Uh, 
Jetix would air in the US on ABC Family and Toon Disney. On February the 12th, 2009, Toon Disney was replaced with Disney XD, with Power Rangers being removed from the channel's lineup. Several ABC affiliate broadcasting groups, including Hearst TV in the US, declined to air the series due to the lack of FCC-compliant educational and informational content. But <laughs> we enjoyed it. Yeah, over here, we loved it. We thought it was great. 2008 Power Rangers Jungle Fury was originally set to be the final season. But due to obligations with Bandai, Disney then produced one more, which was called RPM. An article in the New Zealand Herald, published on March the 7th, 2009, identified RPM as the last season of the Power Rangers run. Production manager Sally Campbell stated in an interview, at this stage, we will not be shooting another season. A September 1909 revision to the official Encyclopedia of Disney by head archivist Dave Smith states that production of new episodes ceased in 2009. Production of Power Rangers ceased, and the last series of BVS Entertainment, RPM, ended on the 26th of December of that year. On October 1, 2009, Bandai released a press release stating that Disney would rebroadcast the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers starting in January 2010 on ABC Kids in lieu of a new series using footage from the 2009 super sentai tv series and a new toy line accompanied that series and appeared in stores in the latter part of 2009 but it was in 2010 where haim saban brought back the power rangers franchise from disney for 43 million dollars and announced plans to produce a new season of tv in fact that purchase happened on may the 12th 2010 so with that in mind, the 18th season of the Power Rangers suddenly began airing. And that episode, that season that came out was called Samurai. And that aired on Nick on February the 7th, 2011, with previous episodes beginning to be rebroadcast on Nicktoons later that year. It was also announced that Saban planned to make a new Power Rangers movie, and we'll talk about those momentarily. On July 2nd, it was announced in 2012 that Saban Brands would launch a Saturday morning cartoon block on CW called Vortex. On August the 25th of that year, that would air Power Rangers Lost Galaxy. The series was removed before the season even finished, ending up doing so on the Vortex website. And the block itself actually finished in 2014. To commemorate the 20th anniversary Nickelodeon began airing Megaforce on February the 2nd, 2013. On October the 1st of that year, Saban Brands announced an extended agreement by the franchise with Nickelodeon and Bandai America through to 2016. In January 2016, Saban and Nickelodeon extended their broadcast partnership once again through to 2018. And it was in February of that year it was announced that Power Rangers would continue airing on Nickelodeon through to 2021. And that is where things went different. Because in late April of 2021, actor Chance Perez announced in an interview that the second season of Dino Fury and the 29th one overall 
would premiere on Netflix in 2022, making it the first season of the show to air exclusively online through a streaming service. What you can see at the moment on screen is just some images of Power Rangers over the years. And what you can see here is just a random selection, such a an family affair, because I remember watching it back when, when I was a kid, as I said earlier on, and, you know, seeing the, the guys coming out, doing the martial arts, doing the karate and doing the judo, it really did kind of resonate at home. And I know a lot of my friends at that point were really into the Power Rangers. We loved every second of it. In fact, in 1995 was the release of the Power Rangers first movie featuring Ivan Ooze. New suits uh, looking very different to what they had um, back on the TV series. Production was increased as well. Storyline wasn't that good. But then it was 1997 when Power Rangers Turbo was released uh, to the big screen. And basically that led into the next television property of that point. From 1997 to 2017, there was no film. And as we said earlier on, Saban announced a reboot. And that reboot took place in 2017 with a new cast of characters coming back and really trying to make Power Rangers interesting and relevant to the modern audiences. It got mixed opinions. It got mixed reviews. But what we're going to talk about later on is the fact that could there be another reboot coming back to the big screen? The TV series of the Power Rangers. The first six seasons, beginning with MMPR and ending with Space, followed an overarching, evolving storyline. The second season began the annual tradition of the Rangers acquiring new Zords to battle enemies, while the core suits from the first season were used, except for the White Ranger. With the fourth season, Zeo Power Rangers began following the Super Sentai series of annual uh, Ranger suit changes. Although the seventh season, which was called Lost Galaxy, had ties with the preceding ones, it was otherwise the first TV season to follow a self-contained story, as would later uh, seasons of the show up until the 17th RPM. The season also began the tradition of team-up episodes featuring rangers, villains, and characters from past seasons. Beginning with the 18th, Samurai, the show returned to a multi-season format similar to MMPR, with self-contained storylines being told across two seasons each. During its second season and the 27th season overall, Beast Morphers would later reveal itself to be a direct sequel to RPM. So look, let's look at the TV series. We're not going to go into detail on, on each of the storylines, but season one of the Power Rangers debuted on August the 28th, 1993, and finished on May the 23rd of 1994 with 60 episodes. Bit of trivia for you here if you're a wrestling fan. August the 28th, 1989 was the date of the second SummerSlam pay-per-view which featured Hulk Hogan and Brutus the Barber Beefcake facing off against Zeus and the Macho Man Randy Savage. 
check more on that as we get closer to the summer. And this is where we found the original Power Rangers, Jason Lee Scott, Trini Kwan, Billy Cranston, Kimberly Hart, and Zach Taylor. And of course, later in the season, Tommy Oliver. Unfortunately, um, Trini Kwan was involved in a car accident and ultimately passed away. That series was based on Kyoto Sentai Zaya Ranger, as we said earlier on. The second season, The Power Rangers, aired from July 21, 1994 to May the 20th, 1995, with 52 seasons. And that was based on Gosai Sentai Dairanger. We had new rangers, Rocky DeSantos, Aisha Campbell, and Adam Park, who took the red, the yellow, and the black rangers, respectively, in turn replacing Jason, Trini, and Zach because of that contract dispute. And we also had the debut of Lord Zed. The third season of the Power Rangers aired in September of 95 to November of 27th of 95, only 33 episodes, and that was based on Ninja Sentai Kakuranger. Rita's brother, uh, Rito Revolto, comes to Earth and destroys the Power Coins and the Thunder Zords. So the Power Rangers seek out Ninja, creator of the Power Coins, for new coins, giving them Ninja powers and Ninja Zords. It was also the season where Kimberly left the Power Rangers, Amy Jo Johnson, and was replaced by Kat Hillard, who originally had come in as an Australian exchange student under the influence of Rita Repulsa. Season three and a half, because this kind of took over, uh, was Mighty Morphin Alien Rangers, airing from February of 96 to February the 17th, 1996. That was just 10 episodes, kind of like a mini season. Power Rangers Zeo followed up that. Uh, it was based on Shuriki Sentai Oranger, and that aired on April 96 to November of 96 as well. Power Rangers Turbo took place in 1997, and as we said, Turbo was based on um, the movie. After an injury, Rocky retires from being a ranger and chooses a 12-year-old, Justin Stewart, as his replacement. This was also the final season in which Billy Cranston, played by David Yost, uh, was part of the series. Or is it? We'll find out. Power Rangers Turbo is based on Gekasu Sentai Karanja. Season 6, Power Rangers in Space, is based on Denjai Suntai Magaranger. Lost Galaxy is based on Seiju Suntai Gingaman. We then had Lightspeed Rescue, Time Force, Wild Force, Ninja Storm. My personal favorite, which was Dino Thunder. I don't know why I like this one. This one seemed to be the most uh, similar to the original Power Rangers. Uh, Emma Lahana played one of the characters uh kira for tommy oliver comes back this time as dr tommy oliver uh a doctor of paleontology only 38 episodes in this one uh but it was a real just a different take on the power rangers and that was based on bakurai sentai aberranger Necro Eric in our chat room, Zorda and Rita Repulsa used to scare me as a child. Uh, Zordon used to scare you, really? 
I can understand Rita Repulsa, but Zudo? Really? Okay. I'll be intrigued to know why. Uh, moving forward, SPD, Mystic Force, Operation Overdrive, Jungle Fury, RPM, the replay of half of the season of the original Power Rangers took place on ABC Kids. Then things started becoming the double seasons, as we talked about, the encompassing storylines. We had Samurai and Power Rangers Super Samurai airing from 2011 to 2012, with 55 episodes in total. And that was based on Samurai Sentai Shinkenga. Following that, we had Megaforce and Super Megaforce. And interesting in this one, this is when they brought back the previous Power Rangers across all seasons uh, using the Super Mega Mode. That allowed them to call on the powers of all the previous Rangers. And there's a great scene where you see the red, the blue, the green, the black, uh, from the original MMPR. Uh, Necro Eric has responded. He said he was on our side, but his low voice and just the fact that he was a giant face, I guess was a bit startling. I can understand that. I can understand, but it was Alpha for me. I love, aye, aye, aye. I loved Alpha. I thought Alpha was brilliant. Such a great little character. Seasons 22, 23 were Dino Charge and Dino Supercharge. 24, 25 was Ninja Steel and Super Ninja Steel. Then we had Beast Morphers, 26 and 27. That was based on Tukomai, Sentai Go Busters. And that followed up with the seasons that are airing at the moment. Power Rangers Dino Fury uh, aired originally on Nickelodeon and then moved to Netflix uh, with the second half of that season uh, commencing on March the 3rd. Not known yet when that is coming to be coming to an end. Power Rangers have had long success in international markets and it continues to air in many countries. As of 2006, it aired at least 65 times a week in more than 40 markets worldwide. The movies that we had the original Power Rangers movie took in a total box office of £66,433,194. Now, the Turbo, two years later, bear in mind, just two years later, only took in £9,615,840. So then you're kind of getting this idea that Power Rangers bubble has burst. In 2017, on March the 24th, was the release of the reboot. And that took globally 142 million five hundred and thirty-one thousand five hundred and fifty-two dollars with the majority of that coming from the US, 85 million compared to 57 internationally. That was produced uh, by Lionsgate and distributed by them as well. But we now know that collectively, the Power Rangers movie franchise has brought in globally on theatrical box office over $218 million. That's nothing to be really be famed at, right? That's a great result for what was a kid's TV show. Jonathan Enswistle has gone on record. Power Rangers is coming back to Netflix a whole new universe and we're going to touch on that 
in just a second. Right. Necro Eric uh, has asked me another question in the chat room. Brilliant. What season would you say that the season tailed off in quality, or do you think they all have their own merits? I haven't watched many from the 2000s. Yeah, that's a really good question. And I think some of them have all got their own their own qualities. Um, SPD, I enjoyed. It was a bit of a different take. It was a space one, you know, kind of like a Star Trek one where they were on an alien planet and it's set in the future. That was quite intriguing. I think for me, when I kind of lost it, and, you know, I don't watch Power Rangers religiously anymore. When I kind of lost it was when they started doing the samurai and the super samurai and they could call on the previous power rangers to suddenly appear and then you had all the cameos of the actual actors and jason david frank reappeared for that one i know why they did it because it was a a, a bump up you know just in wrestling when you make that surprise stone cold steve austin appearance at wrestlemania you do it for the pop and they did it for that reason but it was just i think either focus on doing a story over progressive seasons and have a story in there uh because you do this one season arc you just get used to the characters and then you lose them and i think it it by that point we'd seen so many incarnations of the power rangers that we really had lost uh the ability to connect because by the time you did connect with them it was all over and you had to get used to a whole new set of rangers and a whole new story Hope that answers your question. Now, we said earlier on about, here's my notes. You can all see my notes. Oh, no. We said earlier on in the question, um, what is happening with the 30th season of the Power Rangers? And this is news coming out of Netflix. Because just over a year ago, we heard the rumblings of a Power Rangers reboot universe. And I want you to imagine the MCU, but this time of the Power Rangers. And it's going to be spearheaded by director Jonathan Entwistle. We haven't heard much since, but today, or when this when we did the research, we got our first glimpse of the universe is going to be bigger than any fan could ever imagine. In a deadline interview with E1, which is part of Hasbro, uh, President of Global Television, Michael Lombardo, discussed the company's plans for upcoming productions, one of which is the new Power Rangers universe. There is going to be multiple non-kid shows. Lombardo said that the new universe will be a whole world approach, not just one show. It's going to be followed by films, and some kids programming. So it confirms much about what's been heard, what the rumors are. There's gonna be shows, a film, a kid series. It adds in multiple films, non-kid shows. This could be a new animation series that Hasbro has mentioned in the past, or it might not be. News reports out there state that Entwistle is going to be directing a new live action Power Rangers film that would be more mature than the current TV series. And it's going to be written by Titans writer, Brian Edward Hill. We also now know based on that interview, there's going to be more than one film being planned. 
Lombardo has said that TV series are going to be followed by films. And it's going to be similar to what MCU did with the Avengers franchise. But also, I want I want you to do is imagine a Power Rangers version of the Arrowverse, where multiple different shows come together. Is that going to work? That is the key question, because one of the things that we criticize the Arrowverse about is how it's become so watered down, how stories don't mean anything, how shows don't mean anything, how there's too many of them. Is there going to be too much Power Rangers in this new universe? And where do the previous 29 seasons fit in? Are they going to be part of the extended universe or are they not? We also know that this season of the Power Rangers is exclusive to Netflix and going forward, anything Power Rangers related will be exclusive to Netflix. So again, does that mean the budget is going to be higher for them to be able to go out and really smash the mold and change the franchise, change what we know of the Power Rangers franchise? Now, the other big news, and I kind of hinted at it earlier on, is that David Yost is back. So David Yost played Billy Cranston in the original Mighty Morphin Power Rangers right the way through to Turbo. And he left the season, the series, due to not only contractual disputes, but also issues to do with the way he was treated on set in terms of sexuality and other aspects. We can now confirm on the show that David Yost is coming back and he's going to be appearing in next year's 30th season of the Power Rangers. Now, it's only going to be one episode. It's going to be a one shot deal. Um, but that is amazing news because that is the first time that David Yost has returned to Power Rangers. Now, all we need is Bulk and Skull to <laughs> make a return. I'd love to see that. One of the things that we do know about this new Power Rangers universe is the fact that the episode quantity is going to be shorter, but the length is going to be longer. So we're looking at 44 minutes for each episode of the 30th season. So with that in mind, imagine it coming down. And I actually don't mind that. Um, you know, if anyone who knows me knows that I'm a big fan of Trek and a big fan of, of um, Discovery and, and Star Trek Picard. And I'm loving the new reduced seasons because it gives you an opportunity to really kind of get into the story and find that time. All right. The 30th season of Power Rangers is going to be one for the history books. And I cannot wait to see what they do. Where does Power Rangers stand in the history of kids tv it's up there guys it really is it's a franchise that realistically shouldn't still be here 29 or 30 years later it's a season um that really shouldn't still be generating interest but if anything it's getting bigger badder and better that's it for this week's edition of the Retro Chat Podcast. Thank you for joining me. Stay tuned to the MOS Network in the next 15 minutes because Tess will be here talking all about uh, video nasties versus the modern remakes. Next week on this show, we're going to be talking 
all things Star Wars. Talk Star Wars, we will. Hmm? Because Star Wars May the 4th is here. Not sure when the show is going to air yet. We are normally doing 7 o'clock on a Tuesday. However, I'm uh, potentially going to be busy that day. So it might be that we shift it uh, to Wednesday, which actually is May the 4th. But we'll let you know. Stay tuned to social media. Some great comments in the chat room from Necro Eric uh, to wind us up. Most definitely up there. It shaped my childhood as a 90s kid. Uh, and also, cheers. Thanks for the awesome show. Always cool stuff. Thanks for your support, Necro. And you can check out Necro uh, on the MOS Discord, uh, where he talks about indie wrestling and so much of it. Plus, uh, normally he's on MOS on a Sunday night at 7 o'clock. Always good to, to hear from you, Necro. So before we finish for this week, let's give you a reminder of what's upcoming. Of course, Ministry of Horror. Uh, this, well, coming up in uh, the next few minutes, actually. Uh, Ministry of Horror coming up at eight o'clock tonight. As we said, Video Nasties versus the Modern Day Reboots. Uh, the Turner Years is available now on the Ministry of Slam podcast feed, um, where you can basically hear classic WCW and Crockett promotion events. It's WCW Clash of the Champions 1 with Paul and with Dave Evans. Please check it out. Uh, really, really enjoyable podcast on there. And then, of course, on Sunday at 7 o'clock, it's Lee and Lawrence. It's the flagship show. It's Ministry of Slam. Two hours, three hours, four hours, five hours. I don't know. The guys talk for England. It's the biggest wrestling radio show uh, globally at the moment, continuously breaking the top 100 in the podcast chart. So congratulations to those guys. You can check that out live this Sunday at seven o'clock across all of the MOS network, youtube.com forward slash the MOS network, uh, twitch.tv forward slash the MOS network as well. Uh, a couple of comments in the chat room. Voodoo Vegas are in the house. Good show. Thanks for the support. Uh, Necro Eric, really nice graphic, uh, Turner like font. It really is the Turner years graphic. If you haven't seen it, check it out. Uh, on the discord it's fantastic and uh Bericles is here Bericles, the host of turner years uh i turn in just in time for the plug thank you so much my pleasure uh that's it for this week we will be back uh with more of the retro chat podcast next week talking all about star wars uh it is of course may the 4th the biggest holiday if you are a star trek fan that's it for me i'll see you next week until then take care all the best stay safe See you soon. Bye-bye.